On today's episode of Locked On Mariners, we'll go over the team's latest pickup on the waiver wire, how Seattle's bullpen could shake out, and if Justin Hollander and crew could get involved in the rumored trade discussions going on between the Marlins and Twins. All that and more coming up. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, January 18th, 2023. This is Tidy Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. On the show today, we'll discuss another interesting reliever pickup by the Mariners, how that position group as a whole could shake out this spring and into the regular season and if the Mariners could find themselves involved in what could be a pretty big trade coming up on the horizon but before we get into all that a reminder we're giving away a $50 Mariners gift card to one lucky listener and if you win but you're outside the state of Washington you'll instead receive a $50 MLB shop or fanatics gift card all you have to do to enter is subscribe to our YouTube channel and if you already have you're already in so you're good to go the deadline to enter is next Tuesday January 24th at 11:59 p.m. Pacific we will then select the winner from our YouTube subscriber list and announce it on next Wednesday Wednesday show which is January 25th now if you missed it on Twitter last night we have an even bigger announcement to make but we're not making that on today's show you got to wait until Friday's show specifically the end of Friday's show but trust us it's worth the wait you'll want to know what this is it's pretty big it's pretty big we are up to something folks it's pretty pretty big all right, Colby, let's get into our first topic of the day. The Mariners made a move. Can you believe it? They've been pretty quiet. There's been a lot of time in between moves for the Mariners this offseason, but they did make a move. It's a small move. They claimed right-handed reliever J.B. Bukoskis from the Arizona Diamondbacks. He was recently DFA'd by Arizona. 26-year-old former first-round draft pick of the Houston Astros came over to Arizona in the Zach Granke deal. And he hasn't really pitched at the major league level. 17 and a third innings worth of work at the major league level in 2021 for the Diamondbacks. That's about it. Dealt with some shoulder issues this past season. Threw about 20-ish innings at the AAA level. Uh, Pitched a couple innings down in the complex league as well as he rehabbed. Uh, But that's about it. But this is a pretty interesting gift for the Mariners, I think. So tell us more about Bukaskis. Yeah, uh, six foot tall, about 210 pounds, pretty good athlete, throw strikes. Um, came out of uh, North Carolina, um, you know, first round pick with the Astros. Uh, they really thought they could turn him into a mid rotation starter. And, you know, given their history, it's pretty safe assumption. Um, and he actually start, got off to a really good start. He was in double A by the end of his first full season uh, in, in pro ball. And, and he was just jumping levels so quickly and, and producing at those levels that it seemed like he was going to, you know, jump to the big leagues and be a pretty successful starter right away. Uh, then he kind of stalled out in 2019. He, uh, he stuck at double a before he was traded, um, you know, in the, in the Granky deal. And, and he just never really found it. Obviously 2020 was a lost year for most, uh, most minor leaguers. Um, and then he got his chance in 2021 and it, it didn't work out too well for him. Uh, the numbers aren't very good, but when you go and you look at what he actually brought to the table, uh, that year it's a it's a 93 to 95 mile an hour fastball that 
doesn't have tremendous spin. It doesn't get a ton of whiffs. It, it's a problem. He doesn't get a lot of value out of the fastball. At least he didn't in 2021. Um, whiff rate of just like 9.8%, something like that, and, and that's that's terrible. Uh, but thankfully, the slider, which was actually his, probably his third best pitch in college, uh, really played up well. He was over 40% whiff rate on that pitch. Uh, it was his go-to pitch. He could get lefties and righties to swing and miss at it. Um, located it pretty well. It, it was an effective pitch for him. He just didn't really have an effective third pitch because the changeup, which was his best pitch coming out of school, it he didn't throw it. Like I don't, I don't know if maybe it, it regressed or he didn't feel confident with it, but he just hardly threw it. He threw it about 9, 10, 11% of the time, and, and that's that's a pitch that if it was as good as it was in college, you think he would throw it a little bit more than that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he, he has some control. Uh, he had some control issues once he got to the big leagues. But last year, even dealing with a shoulder injury, his walks per nine were, were great. Um, strikeouts per nine were down a little bit. But, again, kind of working your way back from a shoulder injury. Those things tend to happen. So we'll see how he is a year away uh, from that injury or, or an offseason away from that injury. Um but yeah, right now the profile is the most likely profile is I should say, middle reliever, ninety three to ninety five with the fastball, uh, really good slider and a changeup that he keeps in his back pocket that used to be plus. I mean, mm-hmm. it used to be a, a legit you know sixty sixty five grade pitch. Um, we'll see. Maybe the plan is for the Mariners to get him to use that changeup more and and get back to that, or maybe it's to have him throw his slider more. He was he was still fastball heavy. He threw the slider a lot in twenty twenty one. But it was still about 46% fastball to 42% slider. Maybe they ask him to switch that ratio. We know that the Mariners have had good luck uh, doing that with with certain pitchers. So we'll see what happens. My my guess would be is that we're going to see him quite a few times in, in spring training, assuming he's healthy, and he will start the year in AAA Tacoma. He does have one option left, so they can kind of yo-yo him back and forth within the rules uh, in the 2023 season. Uh, but I think when he is sent down, I don't think it's a given that he is going to be sent down to pitch out of the Rainier's bullpen. Uh, mm-hmm. because like I said, he throws strikes, he's got a good slider. Uh, he's had a, a plus changeup in the past and he's 93 to 95. If you can get, you know, if you can get that fastball, you know, on, on a different plane, maybe, or you can, you can tunnel it better with a slider, or maybe you can find a way to add some RPMs or some miles per hour. Um, I, I think there's a chance here that he's still a number four starter. He's 26, so we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, my guess is that he is in Tacoma for the first few months, um, probably in the Rainier's rotation. That would be my guess. And then if he does come up with Seattle, it'll probably be as a as a reliever. But I think there's a lot to like here. This is a really interesting arm that's definitely worthy of a 40 man spot. So he joins a pretty interesting group of arms the Mariners have collected here over the course of the offseason with guys like Trevor Gott and Justin Topa, Easton McGee, uh, Gabe Spire. Now you throw Bukaskis into this. It's, a, it's an interesting group. Um, now to make room for Bukaskis on the 40-man roster, the Mariners DFA'd Alberto Rodriguez, the outfield prospect that he acquired from the Blue Jays in the Taiwan Walker deal a couple of years ago. And he just, his development has kind of stalled uh, he's 22 years old now uh, and repeated uh, high A or well didn't necessarily repeat because he only played seven games down there in uh, 2021 uh, but they were hoping that he was going to be able to make another jump here over the course of the season he just didn't 106 WRC plus 261 average 333 on base slugged under 400 uh, percent so 
yeah, uh, just not a great year for uh, for Alberto Rodriguez. And I think, you know, taking all that in, into account, taking his age into account, taking the fact that he might have to repeat high A again this year uh, before he makes the jump to double A, I think it's safe to assume that no team is going to pick him up and add him to their 40-man roster, use a 40-man roster spot on him because he's two years away from contributing at the major league level for not just the Mariners, but for any team. I don't think anyone's going to want to take that chance on him. Um, so, yeah, any thoughts on uh, Rodriguez before we move on here? No, you know, he was um, a fringe top 30 guy for me. He, he did just slip in, but he's, you know, 27, 28, and, and I could easily throw him out and, and replace him with somebody just as good. He just barely made it. Um, he's not right now. I don't think he's a major leaguer, a future major leaguer. He just, there's no sure. defense there. It's, it's, it is 45 grade at best in the corner. And if that's who you are defensively, you have to hit and you have to hit for power. He didn't hit for power at all last year after, you know, spending an entire year. He's 20. I think he spent the entire year at 21 years old um, in high a ball. That's not old for that level. So it's, it's not the end of the world that he has to repeat that level, but it's certainly not a good sign. And, and if you're repeating high a ball, you're not going to be in the big leagues anytime soon. It, it's it's going to be at least a couple of years. And, and you know, most teams have a stacked 40-man right now. They, they don't have room. They can't hide guys on their 40-man on the IL until they report to spring training. I think there's only five teams that have open spots on their 40-man rosters right now. And even those teams are not going to take a, a shot on Rodriguez. I would be pretty shocked if, if he did get claimed. Um, if he does, I mean, good for him. There's obviously benefits to being on the 40-man. Um, but it is not a loss to the Seattle Mariners. Uh, he is, he's long since been passed by guys like Cade Marlowe um, and guys like even from the, from the offensive side, guys like uh, Bobby bombs. Uh, he, mm-hmm. He's, he's on the back end of this and it's a big year for him. He has to hit in, in Everett and he probably has to make his debut in double a Arkansas or his prospect status in the Mariners organization will be one that they'll just release him. Uh, yeah. There's just not a ton of value here. Yeah, so I um, I think it's safe to assume that he's going to stay within the Mariners organization. Yep. Um, and so, you know, we'll see if he can get back on track here. But, uh, yeah, it, it was a – I mean, like, you look at some of the other names that are on the Mariners 40-man roster, and, and you go, like – you look at someone like Brennan Bernardino, for example, and you go, like, all right, maybe they could have just DFA'd him, <laughs> you know? but At least uh, there's a chance it, he helps you this year. Yeah, but uh, it, it makes sense overall to uh, to DFA someone like Rodriguez, who's not going to factor into this year's plans or even next year's plans for that matter. Right. Why why use a 40-man roster? I mean, eventually you're going to have to DFA him anyway because you're going to get to a point where you do have a roster crunch. And yep. uh, someone like Rodriguez just doesn't make sense to uh, carry on your 40-man roster considering where you are right now and uh, the fact that you're competing at the moment. All right, so we're going to talk more about the uh, bullpen, how uh, someone like, J.B. Bukaskis could uh, fit into the competition there and uh, just the bullpen overall, how we want to see these guys deployed. All that good stuff here in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to basketball, we've got it all over at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts starts 
and you're listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. So, Colby, I mentioned the um, the amount of guys that the Mariners have uh, added uh, to their group of relievers here over the course of this offseason. Some interesting guys. They did trade Eric Swanson in the Teoscar Hernandez deal, but everyone else from last year's bullpen, which was fantastic for the most part, is returning. Uh, so let's just start here before we really get into the weeds of this. Who are the locks in the Mariners bullpen as of today? Uh, Munoz, Brash, and Seawald. Um, no, or no Castillo, no, no Penn Murphy, I, no one like that. I think they're probably a tier below. Um, gotcha. Because I, I, I think, for example, if one of the guys you mentioned, like just blows everybody out of the water. Maybe it's Topa. Maybe it's it's Spires. I, I don't know which one it would be. But if somebody like that blows somebody out of the water, I could see the team, you know, trading Castillo at the end of, at the end of the. Uh, at the end of spring training or, or even demoting Festa or, or Murphy, those guys are both middle guys. And if you think this, this other guy, this new guy is better then you take that shot. And if he's not there, you know, the other two guys are sitting there in triple A ready to go. So um, for that reason, I wouldn't put them in the law category, but I think it's highly likely that we're going to see Diego Castillo, um, Trevor got uh, Festa and uh, who am I forgetting? Penn Murphy. Penn Murphy, yeah, I, yeah. It's it's easy to forget Penn, uh, despite <laughs> the good year he had. Um, I think hair. those four, yeah, I think those four guys are are, I would say safe bets, but I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. call them locks. Yeah, so that's pretty much your bullpen right there, more or less. I mean, the other spot in the bullpen likely goes to Chris Flexen or Marco Gonzalez, at least as things currently stand. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that the Mariners want to keep eight. They've always kept eight. That's always been their preference. They've even tried to keep nine, but now MLB, of course, has roster restrictions that limit you right. to just 13 pitchers at a time. Um, so of the guys that we didn't mention here, so the the Justin Topas of the world, the J.B. Bukaskas of the world, the Easton McGee's of the world, the Gabe Spires of the world, which of these guys do you think is the most likely to push a, a Penn Murphy, a Matt Festa, a or you know, change the Mariners' mind on on keeping uh, Marco or Flexen in the uh, in the bullpen. I think the Marco Flexen thing is just monetary. So if they can't sure. find a trade partner, they're going to keep them on the mm-hmm. roster, uh, which makes sense because you still do want starting pitching depth, um, and those two guys are at least number five starters. So you don't want just want to give them away for nothing. Um, but I, I think, you know, if you're talking about that group of guys, I, I think it actually might be Spire is the one who's most likely to push one of those guys. He's, you know, lefty, which is nice. Uh, we know the Mariners like to have a lefty in the bullpen. They don't necessarily, you know, go out of their way to value lefty on lefty matchups and stuff like that, but they do like to have one, um, in their pen. Spire's a lefty. He's got a pretty good slider, uh, fastball that that you know 95 up in the zone really plays up so i think he's the most likely guy to push somebody um i topa could push a guy out of the bullpen but it seems unlikely we'll see where he's at uh physically um but i i think it's probably those two i think you know i think jb is probably headed i like i said i think there's a really good shot he is in tacoma's rotation and the same goes for easton mcgee so i think those two guys are headed to tacoma to to be keep stretched out um so yeah i think it's probably spire um and then topo would probably be second uh and even though he isn't you know a even though he isn't a part of this group of you know minor league free agents or whatever 
uh, I think uh, Isaiah Campbell is is the other guy to watch mm-hmm. here to yep. push one of these probable safe guys back to Tacoma. Um, I, I but I would say Spire is probably the the most likely of that group of four. So with the World Baseball Classic coming up, we know that Matt mm-hmm. Brash, Andres Munoz, Matt Fessa, they're going to compete in that. So they'll be, at least theoretically speaking, a little bit more ramped up than, than usual uh, around that time of year, at the end of March or mid-March, rather. So mm-hmm. with that in mind, how would you like to see these guys deployed uh, right out of the gate? Uh, do you want to maybe take it a little more cautiously with them, considering that they've uh, that they're likely going to have some legitimate innings already on their arms, or do you maybe push it a little more with those guys because they've already ramped up a little bit more? Yeah, uh, it, it's pretty interesting, particularly with the bullpen guys, because we don't know how long the tournament is going to go on for them. Like, it's entirely possible that Festa pitches one inning in the World Baseball Classic, right. and, and that's not going to change anything, assuming yeah. he, he stays healthy, knock on wood. No mm-hmm. soggy arms this time around. Um, but yeah, like there, Munoz might pitch once, you know, Brash might pit, pitch once. Like all, none of those three teams are like huge favorites to advance either. So we need to keep that in mind. And also, I think there's a possibility Diego Castillo might be pitching for the Dominican Republic. We'll see. We'll see what happens when the official roster comes out. But, um, yeah, I, I think those guys, depending on, on the workload, I think you just actually can kind of ease them off when they come back to camp. Um, and just have them ready for the regular workload, uh, you know, on, on opening day. So right. I don't think it changes much, uh, again, barring some kind of injury or some kind of, you know, blister issue or, mm-hmm. or some kind of, you know, something minor that, that pushes them out a couple of weeks. And then at that point, maybe you do ease into that, but assuming they make it through the, the world baseball classic. Okay. And, and they're not, you know, in the finals in the lot, you know, a week before opening day and all that stuff, then I think it's relatively the same. You just kind of keep rolling with what you, what, what your plan was. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, those, those three guys or possibly four guys, they are going to open up opportunities to other, other arms, which is why we're going to see a lot of Campbell. We're going to see Travis Kuhn. We're going to see mm-hmm. uh spire and we're going to see, you know, Topo. we're going to see these guys because a, we're going to see them anyways, but B there are going to be a couple more innings available than there would be in a normal spring. Mm-hmm. You know, Munoz started to wear down a little bit in the uh, postseason because he was being used a lot. Um, Seawald as well was used a lot. Um, Brash even uh, later on uh, was used quite a bit. Um, now you don't have Eric Swanson. So how do you want to see the Mariners kind of handle uh, the the workloads of, of those guys, especially someone like Andres Munoz, uh, who throws very, very hard? Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, who do you want to, who do you think is the, is the guy that needs to step up here with the absence of Eric Swanson? Michael Fulmer or Andrew Chafin? (laughs) Uh, Is Matt Moore still available? Yeah. He's, he's still a thing. Yeah. Still out there. Um, I think this is a pretty good year and this is why I think it's important. Um, I think the Mariners need to be. What's the word here? Liberal with IL stints. I mean, you know, Mm. you have the you have this group of of guys that you you like their stuff, right? And it's like, hey, like if if Paul Seawall comes to us and he's got like, you know, a left shoulder like discomfort, just put him on the IL for fifteen days and then call up Campbell and, and just be very cautious with this because while you don't have like, there's a lot that could go wrong with this bullpen, you do have a lot of interesting arms in it. 
Um, so I, I, again, obviously you don't fake injuries to put guys on the IL. That's not what I'm suggesting, but I think you have to be careful here. And I think you do kind of have to rotate through this back end or the, I guess, technically the front end of your bullpen. And, you know, mm-hmm. if, you know, you need Murphy to, to be the guy to go out there and, and take the hit and then you send him down to AAA. That's just what you have to do. I mean, you gotta, you gotta find a way to, to manage these guys. I will say that I think one thing that's going to help is I think we're going to get a better Robbie Ray. I think we're going to get Luis Castillo, obviously, for 15, 20 more starts than we got him for last year. That's fewer innings the bullpen will likely have to cover. And we are going to have George Kirby with very little or no restrictions. So mm-hmm. those three guys or those three factors in the starting rotation are going to take more stress off of that bullpen. So instead of having having to cover, you know, three and two thirds a night, maybe now they only have to cover two and a third or or three or you know what I mean. And obviously there's there's going to be blow up games here and there, but I think just having those guys, you know, full force and for the entire year are really going to help uh, eat a lot of innings that would otherwise go to, you know, the the Gabe Spire types or the the you know the the sixth inning isn't going to be Matt Festa anymore because that's going to be Luis Castillo or George Kirby. So switching gears here, Marlins and Twins have I don't know for the last week and a half, two weeks have been rumored to be in trade discussions with one another with. Pablo Lopez, the former Mariners uh, right-handed pitcher who was uh, dealt uh, quite a while ago. That was the David Phelps deal, I believe, right? Yeah. Yep. Not fun. Not fun to remember. Sorry for reminding you guys of that. But, uh, yeah, Pablo Lopez uh, has been you know, a guy that's been long rumored to be on the trade market here for a while. Um, it seems like this might be finally coming to a head because the Marlins have pitchers on pitchers on pitchers on pitchers, and it seems like they're just bound to trade one of them. And Lopez has been kind of that one guy that everyone's looked to. So, uh, the Twins might it may very well be the landing uh, destination for him. But um, Colby, you have an idea here for the Mariners to get involved. I, I I'm not really sure if it's getting involved in a three-team deal here with the uh, Twins and Marlins or if it's just getting involved with one of these teams on some of the names that we're hearing about. Yeah, um, I think there's there's room here for a three-team deal. Uh, apparently, the the sticking point is that the Twins really don't want to trade a rise and the Marlins only want like major league proven hitter for, for right. Lopez. So obviously, like Kepler is not going to work. He's not going to carry the freight uh, for for the twins to to or yeah for the twins. So you, you kind of look at it and you say, is there a way that the Mariners can get involved here? Uh, they don't really have that you know major proven major league bat that they can they can spare right now. So probably not in that way. But if we're talking about hey, you know what, the Marlins they like Larnick or or Kirilov or whatever, but they want an extra piece. The Mariners can maybe provide that extra piece. And there's some interesting guys on both sides here that make sense for the Mariners. We've talked about Kepler a lot. Um, you know, if Larnick is available, I think he makes some sense to a certain extent. The Marlins, you know, obviously they have Sixto Sanchez and maybe a, maybe a reliever, somebody to help out in that bullpen, like Steven O'Kurt. I, I, I think he's a pretty interesting guy. Um, you know, so I, I think there's a way they could get involved in a three-team deal. It's just a matter of are the Twins – willing to trade Luis Arise. And that feels seems to be the sticking point. Um, it's also worth noting that apparently the uh the Cardinals have asked about Lopez and they were told we want Newt Bar and the Cardinals mm-hmm. said no. So it looks pretty clear to me like the Marlins are targeting major league hitters. They want a major league bat. 
preferably an outfielder, but Arise is an outfielder. He's pretty much a DH. So, mm-hmm. like, do the Mariners have that to go get Pablo Lopez straight up? Probably not, unless, unless. And I'm not saying I would do this because I probably wouldn't, but Ty France for Pablo Lopez. I mean, it's three years of Ty France for two years of Pablo Lopez. Keep that in mind. Lopez, as I wait for Ty to get back and do his job, Lopez is, uh, you know, he's he's probably a number four, or like a really good number four, solid number three. Um, and you only get him for two years. There's also some concern about, you know, he hasn't really had like a full season worth of work uh, all that often. Mm. Uh, then again, neither is Ty France. So, um, but yeah, like just like, just from the top of my head, like, oh, they want a major league hitter in return for Pablo Lopez. The Mariners don't really have that. Except for Ty France. Because you're not going to trade J.P. Crawford. I mean, you're not, obviously you're not trading Teo or Julio. It doesn't make sense to trade Gino, right? And and Wong obviously isn't going to get it done. You're not trading Raleigh. Kelnick doesn't have the value. Ty France might. Okay, I'll... I'll- I'll, I'll bite. I'll bite. At this, w- why does this make sense? And I know that you said you wouldn't. You wouldn't do this. But why does this make sense now at this point in the offseason? Yeah, it doesn't. That's to, that's to, to trade Ty France. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like I, I guess if you go out and get Luke Voigt. for and let's be clear about it for a luxury. Yeah, Luke Voigt. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. Like Lopez, the Mariners' rotation is. You don't so need good. Pablo Lopez. You don't need him, you but you also need... don't need Ty France. Like, let's be like. I would I would argue that you need Ty France a hell of a lot more than you need Pablo Lopez. Do you right now? Because Ty France is probably yeah. You, Ty France is you probably like hitting sixth in this lineup. That's that's great and all, but you still need the yeah. Offense. But don't you think you, don't you think you can go get a first baseman a lot easier than you can like a mid rotation starter? I mean, like all right. Yeah. Like if you if you went out and you traded for See, Pablo Lopez and you turned around and you acquired it. like C CJ Crone yeah. or someone like that, okay, I could wrap my head around that a little bit better. Okay. Would you rather would but, you rather have Lopez and 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 Crone or, and or Crone France or and, Ty France and Flexen? Like it seems pretty easy uh, to me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, let's let's hear from just, you guys. Let's hear from you. Saying, guys. Just saying. Just throwing that out there. What, what Again, do you guys think? Let us know down below if you're listening on YouTube or if you're watching on YouTube, right. or if you want to yell at if you're just listening to us in your car or whatever, and you want to yell at us. Lockdownmariners at gmail.com. Let us know. Mm-hmm. I just like I said, I want to be clear here. I don't think it makes. I'm on your side. I don't think it makes a lot of sense for the Mariners sure. to do this. Sure. But if they're <laughs> but. going to, right. Ty France for Pablo Lopez, and then you go and you and you sign, uh, you know Luke Voigt, or you go and you acquire, you know CJ Crone or Christian Walker or whatever, you know, or you go get a third baseman and Gino Suarez is your first baseman. I don't know, but it's 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 a lot easier to find a first baseman than it is a mid rotation starter. So, like I, I I know you're thinking about the lineup right now, but let me paint yeah. a picture, different picture for you. Okay, all right, Luis all right. Castillo, George Kirby. Logan Gilbert, Pablo Lopez, Robbie Ray. How many playoff series you winning with that rotation? <laughs> a lot. So just yeah, throw that out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, you, yeah. you might have to win those games two to one, but like, <laughs> you know. So just again, crazy idea. I just wanted to throw it out there. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fun one at least. Uh, I would not do it. I would rather have Ty France. You're unhinged. Uh, 
You're unhinged. <laughs> you, you tell me that's not a that's not a fun conversation though. It, it no, it is. It is. Yeah. It, is See, it is. It is. It is. Good job. I'm mm-hmm. proud of you. I'm proud mm-hmm. of you. Mm-hmm. Right. And then. You put Pablo Lopez in your trade package for Brian Reynolds. Wow. <laughs> like, not just a hat rack, my friend. Damn. He's I'm playing flipping, like he's flipping Ty France just to get <laughs> Brian Reynolds. <laughs> I'm playing like five D chess right now. So um but no, uh, I, I just I thought that was yeah. kind of a fun idea that just popped into my head. I was like, Oh, it looks like the Marlins want you know the initial process was like, how do they get involved in a three team deal? I was like, Well, what would it cost them just to go get Lopez? And then I New bar arise. I'm like, mm. the only guy who kind of fits that mold for Seattle is France. So, and would you do France for Lopez? No, but is it the worst trade I've ever heard? But but what if? What if? What if? <laughs> Quick tie, grade that trade. Oh man, see the problem is I got to give you a pretty high score because it is creative. <laughs> So, oh, yeah. 60, 60, 60. Yeah, for the crea- that's what I thought. But so. it, most, of, I thought. most of it, most of it is writing creativity. It is writing the creativity score. From a, from a sense perspective, 40, 30. It's not lower than, no, no. It's at least a 45 on the sense perspective, at least. It is at the very least Emerson Hancock's fastball. There's so much that you just said that I, I it gives me pain inside. All right, that's gonna do it for a show. Thank you so much. The for reason joining. it gives Ty pain inside is because he knows that it kind of makes sense. I will. <laughs> I'm not admitting anything. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast for Colby Patnode. I'm Ty Dane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at lo underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, C A N E G N Z L Z, and Colby at CPAT11. That's CPAT11. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Now make your second listen. Locked On MLB Prospects host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB star of tomorrow it's free and available wherever you get your podcast just like us and with that have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you on friday peace